0: welcome to podcasts recorded live at the center for spiritual living in portland oregon listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us good morning and welcome to the portland center for spiritual living wherever you are on your journey of faith you're most welcome here all that we ask is that you stay open to maybe changing your entire life simply by changing your mind. I'm Reverend Larry King. I'm the senior minister here and happy Sunday, everyone. This month, we're using Pema Chodron's book, Taking the Leap, and from that Buddhist tradition of discovering freedom and happiness, largely through changing how we think about ourselves and the world. Last week, we talked about the Buddhist concept of Shenpa, that idea of being kind of hooked on even some of the negative things in our own life. And I, I likened it to the idea of, uh, of poison ivy, that irresistible urge to scratch, even when you know that scratching is likely just to make it worse, and so you'll remember we talked about things that press our buttons, whether it's people cutting us off in uh, in traffic, whether it's people that we love managing to say things and do things that that simply infuriate us. Those are the buttons that over our our walk on this earth we've installed in ourselves, and shampa is almost that irresistible urge then to act out, to react rather rather than consider what's going on and act more appropriately. And so last week we talked about the idea of disconnecting those buttons, of, of seeing life more from the neutral perspective, of not being sucked into other people's drama or, or drama that we've created ourselves from the past. Well, you might think we're done with Shampa, so this might be either a good news story or a bad news story, but we're not done with Shampa. And today I want to talk about something else that we tend to be hooked on, and the short version of it is longing. But I think the best place to start would be another of my Mullah Nasruddin stories, if you don't mind. So Mullah Nasruddin, that uh, wise Sufi fool and preacher, started out as a poor dirt farmer for many years and his part of Turkey was in drought. And Nasruddin would often be heard to grumble, oh, there's no rain, there's no water, no crops are coming in, and life is so very difficult. How I long for a season with good rain and good crops. Well, as it happens, the following year, there was good rainfall. The crops were very productive. And people said, this year, Nasruddin will not grumble. His crops have come in so fully, so nicely. The, the corn is so high. It will be nice to finally see Nasrudin happy. So the neighbors went to greet him. Oh, Mullah, how are you? You seem to be doing very well. Lots of crops. Your field is simply bursting. So attractive. But Mullah had the same long, sad face. He said, yes, but now I have so much work to do. All these years I didn't have to do much with no crops. Now I have weeding and harvesting and trips to the market. It's a huge headache how I long for the seasons when my life was simpler. Maybe next year we'll be in drought again. So the idea here is... What are we longing for? Are we using what we're hoping is going to happen or what has happened in place of being able to enjoy the present moment? Today, we're going to be spending a little bit of time talking about living in the present moment. But first, I want to focus in on this idea of longing. Now, Shruden illustrates all three elements of longing and we're going to be covering them in a little bit more detail today the first one is longing for the future longing for a time when your life will be better and i think we've all experienced this right haven't you heard yourself saying i really long for the day when the mortgage will be paid off, or when my student loans will be paid off. I'm really longing for that first grandchild, so I'll, I'll get to have the pleasure of enjoying children again. Or I'm longing for retirement, when I can let go of that eight to five job and really express myself. I'm longing to be out of school. I'm longing to be in school. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was so long to be older and in charge of my own affairs. And now sometimes I wonder if I don't long towards being a child again. So the longing for the future, you know, it's something that we need to think about a little bit in the science of mind, because we certainly do believe that tomorrow can and will be better than today. We really do understand that as we change our thinking, we change our mind, and therefore, tomorrow can be more gracious, more loving, more productive, more successful. But the idea is we have to base that on acceptance of, of what we're doing today. It is in the now that we actually make changes in our thinking. Now, the productivity may increase in the future. The love may increase in the future. But if you'll remember, the, the key towards positive thinking is thinking it now, is enjoying the now. And it's almost like a byproduct that tomorrow gets better. So in the science of mind, even though we, we talk about a vision of the future, we're fully immersed in today. We don't daydream about the future, and we don't long for the future. We stay focused on changing our thoughts, making uh, proactive choices, doing what we can in the moment, and enjoying the moment. I'm sure you've all noticed people taking this idea of Shempa, this idea of being attached to the future, to extremes. People that seem really miserable in their lives right now, but they have that glimmer of hope for what is yet to come. The trouble is, there's no guarantee for that what is to come. It's always better when we find the peace, we find the love, we, we illustrate our own lives in its positive nature here and now. So the second part of uh, Shampa or or this idea of uh, attachment to longing is longing about the past. And you'll remember in the Mullah Nasruddin story, uh, so then once he'd achieved the rainfall, once his crops were doing great, then he was longing for the past. He was longing for those idle days when he didn't have much to do. And you've probably noticed people sometimes talking about the good old days, right? Have you especially talked to someone who maybe, maybe is older in life and really relishes certain uh, aspects of their life as it was earlier? Maybe an, an old job or an old relationship that they had, something that they experienced in their youth or many years ago, and, and they fantasize about it a little bit. They replay it in their mind and get get pleasure about it. And sometimes, like Nasruddin, then they can become hard-hearted or closed about today. Instead, enjoying that scene from the past. Well, the trouble with this, of course, is you're completely ignoring again the present moment. Now, instead of living in the future, you're living in the past and totally ignoring all of the beauty going on around you. And this, of course, has similar negative consequences. When we live in the past, even if it's a rosy past, we're missing out on the ability to be present to enjoy life as it is right now and in fact i want to talk about this idea of enjoying life i have a question for you can you enjoy life in the past or in the future think about this for a minute now we certainly can't guarantee that we will enjoy ourselves in the future can we We can plan for it. We can try to organize our present moment so that it's likely that we'll have a good time in the future. But there's really no guarantees. In fact, I remember uh, it's a kind of a sad story, That, but I'll share it with you. Uh, When I worked for the telephone company for many years, our district manager was named Dave Corboy. And Mr. Corboy, bless him, he had worked at the telephone company. And yes, you're hearing it right for 50 years he started as a young courier when he was like 17 or 18 years old and he worked at the telephone company for 50 years. And people would often ask him, because he, could, of course, he could have retired after after like 25 or 30 years early. Why do you still work here? Well, uh, I enjoy it here, and I want to make sure that I'm saving up enough money for my retirement. And of course, after 50 years, he, he had saved up quite a bit of money, but he always pictured he and his wife maybe going on expensive trips, able, able to do some of the things in retirement, that would cost a bit of money. And so he continued to work, and finally, with 50 years at the company, and and I'm sure a sizable amount of retirement money, he retired. Well, it sounds like a good news story, but of course there are no guarantees. And I have to tell you, Mr. Corboy passed on before a year had passed. Before a, a year into his retirement, he had passed on, made his transition. And so we have no guarantees. We, we think we're saving up for the rainy day. Does the rainy day come? We think that we're making plans for a happier future, but, but have we put our happiness on hold? for a tomorrow that may or may not exist. You see, I would suggest that what Mr. Corboy enjoyed in his day-to-day work at the telephone company, at least at that time in his life, that was as good as it got. The small enjoyments of coming to work and interacting with co-workers, because he was putting so much of his life on hold for the future, it wasn't as happy as it could be. It wasn't as uh, an experience of freedom as he might have had if he'd been taking vacations along the way, as if he'd been enjoying himself year in and year out. Can we really assume that we'll be happier in the future? No, quite the opposite, in fact. The only time we can be assured of happiness is when we create it right now. It's when we set forward our own goals, our own aspirations in the moment, in this very day, to say today is going to be a good day. Today I'm going to enjoy myself. Today I'm going to make sure I notice the beauty around me. Today I'm going to maybe phone some friends and check in and make new connections and revive old friendships. Today I'm going to notice the beauty around me, the love around me. Instead of taking people for granted, I'm on purpose going to see that beautiful connection we have, that love that we share, that joy and friendship. That's what today is for. It's for my happiness. And oh yeah, I will make some plans for tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should never save up for a rainy day or never plan a great vacation in the future. Those two can be pleasurable. But we need to assume that our greatest happiness, our greatest health, our greatest joy, our greatest peace is going to be found however I can make it and right now. How can I experience peace today? How can I experience joy or love today? That's truly the secret here. And it avoids this entire idea of shenpa, this entire idea of grasping or being attached to the way the future is going to be. But what about the gentleman who maybe dreamed of the good old days, dreamed of the past, right? Is he really enjoying himself or is he longing for a time long gone? You see, I would suggest that his ability to be happy in the now is based on being happy in the now. He's simply using those memories from another time to become happier in the present moment. He's not really reliving the past. He's simply using it as a tool for being happier right here and right now. But I would suggest to you the trouble with that is he's missing out on all kinds of things. He's missing out on the joy of a beautiful Oregon summer day. He's missing out on the people around him, the small sights and beauty and joy that that's right next to him that perhaps he's not noticing when he thinks of the past. So ultimately, the answer to my question, can we be happy in the past? Can we be happy in the future? Ultimately, the answer is no. The only place truly that we can choose to be happy with certainty, is right now. And although I say happiness, the, the same is true of love, the same is true of health, the same is true of joy, the same is true of peace. Any of these feelings that we desire to have, any of these positive aspects of the world that we want to enjoy, the only time and place that we can enjoy them truly is right here. And it's right now. There is one other aspect of this idea of longing, though, that I want to bring up. And I think the way I want to bring it up is by telling you a folk story. So in ancient Japan, there was a woman who so longed for having a child. And she and her husband had tried for many years to have a child. And, and sadly, when she finally did become pregnant, they lost the baby. And so she went to her grave with this sense of longing. Well, the, the folklore around it is that such longing creates what is called the hungry ghost, or in Japanese, the preta. And so she was known to haunt that part of their city in Japan, always hungry for the things that she could not have. This idea of shampa, this hungry ghost, this preta, is that sometimes we get attached not just to the things and the people that we we wish we were around, we actually get attached to the longing itself. Have you noticed people longing for more and more and more in their idea of success or in their idea of, of gaining more wealth or more power? Have you noticed people maybe longing for certain kinds of relationships and, and always seeking, you know, maybe a better friend or a better partner? Have you noticed people spending a great deal of their time and their energy in that idea of acquisition? For those of you Star Trek, Fans, it's a little bit like the Ferengi and their a thousand and one points of acquisition, right? How, how are we going to get more? The, the person with the most toys at the end will win is that idea of never being satisfied. And of course, that is a huge shampa. The idea of never being satisfied, of always being the hungry ghost. How do we counteract that? If you notice yourself spending a great deal of time trying to strive for things that are almost unobtainable, if you're a, perhaps a perfectionist and and just not happy with things unless they're just so, just precisely so, you are in danger of becoming the hungry ghost, of being wound up in the process of getting what you want rather than enjoying what you have. And so the antidote to this one, of course, is is gratitude. It's really noticing, once again, how much joy, how much peace, how much abundance is in your life right now? Instead of uh, longing for the good life, you, you notice that you have everything you need. You, you begin to notice that the good life is actually here for you now, that you have all the tools you need to, to feel good about your station in life, to, to bring greater love into it because you are love, because you have love in your life right now. Nothing needs to be applied externally because inwardly you are love. Inwardly you have exactly what you need. You, you can make the choices for becoming a more joyous person. You can make the choices to recognize that there is beauty even in this moment, even in the leaves falling, even the, the rain coming down from heaven, that then in each and every aspect of your life, joy, life, beauty can be present in this moment. I'd like to summarize today. We've talked about yet another aspect of this thing that the Buddhists call shenpa, that hook that hooks you into patterns of beings and thoughts that ultimately are not very helpful to you. And specifically today, we talked about longing. Some of us tend to long for a future that will be more blessed than the present moment. Some of us may have a longing for a day is gone by, the good old days. And what we recognize is that when we do this to an extreme, when we begin living our lives either in the future or the past, what is it that we miss out on? It's the happiness that can only be found today and right where you are. We also talked about the idea of longing for longing state, that terrible wishing for consumption, that that American dream of always having more and more and more, as though the person who dies with the most toys is the one that wins. This too, you see, pulls us away from that possibility of true enjoyment in the moment. The antidote for all this Shempa, all of this attachment to things and people and future and past, the good news is you have truly everything that you need to enjoy happiness. It's your own mind. It's your own creativity. It's your own ability just to look around you and be amazed to be just delighted with the world, with a raindrop, with a, a drop of oil that shows all of the colors of the rainbow. You have the power, you have everything you need to experience happiness today. So I want to close with a, a quick reading. for Oh, wait, wait, I almost forgot homework. You almost got off the hook here. Thank heavens I have a little outline. So homework, next time you notice yourself daydreaming, either in the past or in the future, ask yourself, and this is a simple one, just ask yourself, what would it take to make me happy right now? if I'm thinking about the good old days or if I'm uh, imagining and daydreaming about the future. Instead, ask yourself, what would it take for me to be happy right now? How could I choose to experience happiness right now? Okay, I'm gonna close with a a quote from Pema Chodron's book, and a Prayer. She says, until we start this journey of acknowledging when we're being hooked, Little things unconsciously trigger us all the time. The slightest setback or annoyance will trigger us and we'll be blind to life that's going on around us. Life just becomes increasingly more of a struggle and we can never figure out why when Shempa arises. In our most ordinary days, we should have moments of happiness, Moments of comfort and enjoyment, moments of seeing something that's pleasing to us, something that touched us, moments of contacting the tenderness of our own hearts. We can take joy in that. There is joy in every moment. I find that it's essential during the day to actually note when I feel happiness or when something positive is happening. I begin to cherish these moments as precious and gradually we can begin to cherish the preciousness of our whole lives. Just as it comes, with its ups, with its downs, with its failures and success, its roughness and its smoothness, we always have what we need. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence. There is this one life. It's God's life. It's perfect. And it's my life right now. And so I know I have that choice, that inward choice of choosing happiness, of choosing joy, of choosing love. That all of the qualities of God that I so admire, whether it be peace or abundance, whether it be good health or joy, I can choose them. It is God's willingness to express through me and as me all of these qualities. I always have them available. I always have what I need. And as it is true for me, it is true for everyone. Each of us has that power to go within and find the goodness of life. It's easy for us to let go of the future dreams, to let go of things that happened in the past. It can be easy for us in the present moment to find what we desire to see the love to see the beauty to see the joy to see the peace to see it all right in our own lives and to embrace it and accept it for this i give great thanks for this i recognize in gratitude life unfolding perfectly and so I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Now is our time of gracious giving. If you'd like to take out your gift or your tithe, whatever it is you you've thought to bring to us today, I know some of you might be wanting to log on to our website at cslportland.org slash donate. You can make an online donation Some of you are maybe using Tithely or one of the other apps that we've created. If you're unsure about how you might give to Portland Center for Spiritual Living, just check out our website. At the bottom of every page, on the left-hand side is a little button that says Donate, and that'll guide you through the steps if you'd like to donate to us. So I invite you just to repeat after me, Graciously I give from a place of love knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. Happy Sunday, everyone. It was a pleasure having you here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211, Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community wherever you are on your spiritual journey you are most welcome at the center for spiritual living